Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Yeah, well, history is going to change. All right, listen up. I don't like white people. I hate rednecks. You people are rednecks. Yay! <laughs> Everything oh. is hello. Oh. It's been a month. Uh, you guys still, you know, think you're going to make it through <laughs> through the year, through life, hopefully. <laughs> no, we'll go. We'll take it one at a time, right? I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well. You know, like John Darnell said, I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me. Yes. <laughs> That's the yes. spirit. Okay. So I think we've got lots to talk about, or at least I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've just been, I actually did good this month. I've wrote a script for one thing and it's really long. So I apologize in advance. That's going to be about La Liga and the uh, the infamous kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the Women's World Cup, got more news on anti-flag. Yay! Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. There are some things that I just want to kind of do up front to get it out of the way, so that way there's just like one content warning, right? <laughs> and just be like, hey, look at all this bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's like a saga at this point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then other things came out. For other people who have either stood up for a uh, rapist in some way mm-hmm. or somebody who was just found out to have raped people. Yeah. And then I want to talk about the Proud Boys and their L's real quick, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Mr. Andy No. Oh. So and his, yeah, his L. Oh, no, I just, I just need to talk about his L that he took in Portland uh, court. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, it was a good one. It was it was fabulous. <laughs> so, but uh, what do you guys got? One of my subjects I didn't get enough information on, so we could cover that maybe next month. But I would like to talk about this little thing and line of reasoning regarding cruise ships. Also, the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about names and birth rates with regard to Elon Musk. And it actually, it actually, it's less about, it's mostly about names. (laughs) And then also the commonly employed oversharing as manipulation tool when it comes to folks in leftist spaces. Ah, okay. Okay. Dan? I I actually have nothing because the world is perfect. We've solved all of our problems. (laughs) Yeah, we're just nitpicking at this point. We we are in the wrong dimension. Shit. <laughs> and I, I am utterly satisfied with all aspects of the world around me. So you're cool. in the Berenstein universe, I see. Yeah. Where everything um, is they, fine and normal. I've been affected by a, a certain very well-known time wizard from South Africa mm-hmm. <laughs> who died in jail, as we all know. Yay. Right, right. <laughs> That's good, then. That means you've got money coming, right? <laughs> You followed the uh, code all the way. And yeah, you've been cleared, right? Yeah, I, I actually put all of my money into Iraqi dinar, oh. which oh. I'm told is going to be worth a, a whole lot of money soon. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. I think we can uh, get started on this. The first thing that I really actually want to talk about myself, and I'm sorry, I apologize. I don't like going first. 
But I spoke with a really good friend of mine up in Eugene, Oregon, and he was telling me about something that's been going on there for a month and a half, almost, almost two months. There's been a rent strike going on up there and there's three homes. It's pretty narrow area. At least two of the three people in the homes are on rent strike against their landlord, you know, for repairs and all those other cool things. The Eugene PD came in and did their typical thing back around the 4th of July, kicked everybody out, put up a fence around the properties. And all these people who were part of the rent strike with them because they had supporters and everything, they came back after that, tore the fence down got everybody's stuff back in, and then built up a barricade along with that fence in front of that barricade. Dang. So it's theirs now, right? Uh-huh. Eugene PD finally gave a ultimatum that Sunday night at 11.59, they will clear the property out again. They've got, what, till midnight Monday morning. Hmm. And they are hunkered down waiting for it to happen there's going to be i guess some kind of a gathering tonight where they're going to be giving out information and seeing if other people would like to come and join them or at least maybe learn about you know what's going on and then sunday they're just you know going to defend the property from the police and what's funny is that you know as he and i were talking eugene isn't like a big giant town it's about two miles south of portland and did i say two miles no no you silly man two hours that's what that is it's two hours well it could, i mean if, it, depending on how fast you're going it, it, uh, both can be true absolutely dan you know about that you got the tra- time travel friend going on <laughs> so I don't, I don't i don't have a bullet train friend though oh uh, Okay, my bad. I thought I thought it was kind of like both things, you know, that's my misunderstanding. I'm sorry. Yeah, the bullet train is still uh, tied up in uh, legislation here. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah. But at any rate, oh, where was it that I was going with this? Oh, the other side of the river, because the police, the Eugene police probably don't have the firepower to do this on their own and or don't want to do it so as not to, you know, have egg on their face. So they will probably bring in the next city over to handle this. That next city is Springfield, Oregon. Hmm. And that is the Springfield of Simpsons fan. It is. It is the actual Springfield, yeah. Yeah. So we will see what happens. My friend will contact me, you know, after it all goes down Sunday night. And we'll have another report back next month. Wow. And maybe we'll bring him in so he can discuss how it all went down and what all we can learn from it. Wow. Yeah, it sounds intense. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. I get from what he's saying is that Oregon or Eugene hasn't really ever done anything like this. And now with all these new radicals coming out. Uh, new anarchists and socialist groups, etc., being sprung up all over the place that they've kind of settled arguments for now. So that way they can all coexist on this thing and have a, a unified front. That is the good way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, of course, they're tanky. Yes. Tanky. Yeah. Fuck off. yeah. We don't need their help. No. Yeah. Their, their help is an end of a noose for us. Exactly. <laughs> 
been feeling that for a few days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, I'm trying to do my best so as not to take up all of this beginning time. Mm -hmm. But this will be where the big contact warning comes in. So, if you want to head out and fast forward a little ways, please do so. So, anti-flag update. The first thing I want to do is read the initial band statement, minus Justin, because Justin wasn't part of it, and then read the second statement to you that they put out about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So the initial statement reads, a core tenet of the band Anti-Flag is to listen to and believe all survivors of sexual violence and abuse. The recent allegations about Justin are in direct contradiction to that tenet. Therefore, we felt the only immediate option was to disband. We have been shocked, confused, saddened, and absolutely heartbroken from the moment we heard these allegations. (sighs) This is the cringy part. While we believe this is extremely serious, in the last 30 years, we have never seen Justin be violent or aggressive toward women. This experience has shaken us to our core. We understand and apologize that this response may not have been quick enough for some people. This is new territory for all of us, and it is taking time for us to process the situation. It was a privilege for us to be in the band Anti-Flag. As we seek to find our path forward, we wish healing to all survivors, Chris, Chris, and Pat. That was shitty. They didn't even have to say that part. Like, no. They could have just, just not put that in there. I mean, we never saw him do this, but... Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I had to read it just because that, that last part, I'm just like, why? It you started out strong. Like, Yeah. Yeah, you could have stopped it at the moment we heard these allegations. We believe you. Peace out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. 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 So after they got shit for that statement, which is good... Rightfully so, yeah. Yes. They released a second statement. Okay, here we go. In light of the recent article in Rolling Stone magazine, to Christina, Jen, Molly, Rebecca, Suzanne, Matt, Susie, Stephanie, Karina, Ella, Elizabeth, Hannah, and Tally, those are all the victims that have come forward as of yet, we would like to say thank you for your courage in sharing the pain you have experienced. And to others who may yet come forward while you don't owe anyone your story, please know that you are not alone and that we believe you. To Justin, we believe you are very sick and in need of serious professional help. We want to have compassion and have faith in restorative justice, but fuck you for hurting so many people. Not just the ones who have bravely come forward, but anyone still carrying their pain internally. Fuck you for exploiting the work of the band and the many people associated with it for so long. As many predators do, it appears you used our beliefs as a cover for egregious activities that you clearly knew we would never condone. To everyone, we collectively and individually still have far more questions than answers in this moment. We have been learning of and processing all of this information in real time. We trusted Justin greatly and are now learning that we were deceived, lied to, and kept in the dark for the entirety of our association. As more details have been shared since the release of the podcast, we have been waiting for Justin to do the right thing. Given his lack of contrition in any meaningful way, it is very clear that he is absolutely not the person we were led to believe him to be. End of statement. Okay, so one, you could have said that like initially. Yep. (laughs) 
which makes this feel really uh, like ass covery. Yes. And it fucking pissed me off. I couldn't I I, I get it. I, they fucked up with the initial statement. But you could have just come back and been like, hey, you know what? We absolutely fucked up with that statement. We apologize. There's a reason why we're breaking up. Reach out to us if you want anything else or some kind of support. Yeah, it seemed like a little too focused on the predator and like going at him Mm -hmm. than really talking about the victims, which I don't know if they needed to individually name them. I don't know how the victims feel about that. But yeah, Yeah, that feels a little icky. Yeah. Yeah. Cool and good. They're still fucking it up. Wow. I'm, I'm sure there'll be another statement to combat the reaction they got to the second one. Yeah. Yeah. And I will not ever read Justin's statement. No. Because it's it's the typical woe is me. I was not myself. I was this. There's not even I was not myself. It, it straight up fucking denies that anything ever happened. So it's like, wow, dude. Wow. It's like these shitty dude apologies in quotes are just like a dime a dozen at this point. Like you can tell they don't believe that they're actually wrong and they don't take the time to step away and do the work to prove or show that they are trying to change going forward or reconcile or anything like that. It's just always the same every fucking time. Yeah. And it's like you would think after so many times of seeing these same type of statements ad nauseum almost that you would sit back, take your time and write a statement. I understand that you can't take too much time, but you can at least have somebody who a psychologist, something like that, look at your statement and say, okay, you need to change this. You need to make this stronger. And once that's done, put it out. Whenever these people apologize or issue statements or whatever all they do is center themselves Mm -hmm. and that just shows that they still just like don't get what they did or you know the extent of the damage that they've caused and that just proves that I don't know if they're capable or at least not willing to step back and be like oh you know what this isn't about me well it is but it's not about how I'm I wasn't myself or I was off my meds or I was I don't know I was just whatever whatever excuse they want to make instead of them just being like a predatory asshole you know it's like you need to center the victims (laughs) that's always how it should be I don't know if individually addressing them in public is the way to go that would depend that would (laughs) depend on the victims but there have been plenty of examples on shitty supposed quote-unquote apologies how not to make them we've seen just a glut of crappy ones at least look at that and then look at yours and be like oh is there room for improvement or do you even mean what you're saying so you don't care how it comes across it's just it's just really upsetting so there would be only one thing left that i'm gonna speak with the both of you about because well you'll see a second shitty thing the whole stars aligning for shittiness russell brand and of course, Ashton Kutcher and Myla Kunis. Mm-hmm. So Friday night, Russell Brand took to Twitter to head off what was going to be reported on Saturday. Accusations of rape and sexual misconduct for women, including one who is just 16 at the time, 
have accused the actor. The accusations span a seven-year period from 2006 to 2013, during which time Brand was married to singer Katy Perry from 2010 to 2012. Among the most serious allegations involves a woman who, at the time of her three-month relationship with the then 31-year-old, was allegedly 16 years old. According to the woman, Brand was emotionally and sexually abusive during their time together. She also claimed that Brand, who referred to her as the child, asked her to read passages of Vladimir Nabokov's Lolita. Another woman came forward with an accusation that Brand raped her in his Los Angeles home in 2012, while a third woman said she was sexually assaulted by Brand, who then threatened her with legal action if she ever went public with the encounter. So far right wing crypto fucking conspiracy lightning rod russell brand is a piece of shit wow so lolita though really you're gonna yeah, have a right? kid re- jesus right? god <laughs> he's so intelligent here read lolita oh my gosh i mean i've always made the point that russell brand looks like if you touched him he'd just be sticky <laughs> he, but, yeah he does yeah he looks like a tacky person you know but it's like I can't even say I'm surprised or anything. So it just seems like these days it's like you're just waiting for the shoe to drop, like with everyone, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. if you, you go back and watch the, the Katy Perry movie and the stuff that she says about him and the stuff that he does on camera, you're like, I don't, I don't know about this guy. Right. <laughs> he, he looks sticky. He looks like, and this is in no way do I mean offense to anyone who. Uh, uses uh, particular drugs but russell brand looks like don't hug him too closely because you might get stuck with a rig mm-hmm. <laughs> i've personally never liked him so i do have a bias here <laughs> but yeah it's just like you see these allegations then him trying to head them off right like yeah. what is what even is that yeah. it's like damage control much yeah because you know it's true exactly and again his statement is one of those of i never did anything like that everything blah blah i'm not even going to get into the rest of it right that's that was it right so god before you read this story and before i really knew what was going on i had seen his video and i think i watched like a little bit of it because it looked like he showered and so i was like okay maybe this is worth looking at and then he had said something about how like all of the relationships and or relations I've had have been a hundred percent consensual. It's like, okay, but with a 16 year old. Yeah. Like 16 year old can't give consent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Even if that is the, uh, excuse me, I'm going to put on my uh, libertarian glasses real quick. The age of consent. Got to take those off real quick. Okay. Going to bleach my eyeballs. Oh, geez. It's just, oh, I mean, 31, dude. Yeah, yeah, 31 with a 16-year-old. That's And I didn't even look up how old he is now, but I'm figuring he's got to be in his 40s or something. So, Mm -hmm. because, yeah. yeah. So that was just like, I was like, oh, God damn. It's just that power dynamic. It just always goes back to them. I'm the famous one. I'm the this. I'm the that. Don't you want to be with me? If you do something, I'll ruin your life. You know, if you mention it, I'll make things hell for you. I have the money to cause you harm if Mm -hmm. you try to cause me harm. Exactly. No one will believe you. I am everyone's sweetheart. They got me to the Greek. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, (laughs) come on. Don't you remember that terrible movie I was in? Which which one? What was that movie? Get him to the Greek? 
No, there was another one. The, oh. the beach one where they wrote the it vampire. Was, yeah, it was like a, yeah, that's it. The, yeah. It was a shit romantic comedy. Yeah. What was it called? We're getting Sarah Marshall. Oh. That's right, because there's another podcaster that's called Sarah Marshall, and she was always confused for a movie character. Oh. Yeah, no, and honestly, that's the only Russell Brand movie I've ever seen. I never watched anything else with him in it. I saw a stand-up special of his. It would have been the 2000s, maybe early 2010s. Yeah. And he pretty well places himself in, I'm a sex addict, and et cetera, et cetera. Which, of course, is not a thing. Uh, that sounds like a disclaimer. That sounds like, right? hey, I, hey, hey, I'm a sex addict. And then people are like, you assaulted me. He's like, I, I, I told you I'm a sex I addict. Have, I am sick with this. Yeah. Yeah. Bleah. But yeah, no, he can definitely do what Danny Masterson did, you know, and try Walk to fight the prison. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to fight <laughs> these people in court. And yeah. What, what is it? Like 30 years, 33 years he got? He's 30 yeah, to gnarly. life. Yeah. He is in there until 2053 at least. Well, he's trying to appeal it, so let's wait until the appellate court does their thing. So, yeah, or appellate, however it is you want to say that word. Appellate. Yeah. Apple. Applegate. That works too. Pretty sure that's going to be coming around soon. But at any rate, Aston Kutcher and Myla Kunis they wrote character letters for said rapist Danny Masterson. Oh, I should include guilty rapist. Said guilty rapist. Danny Masterson. <laughs> and they As released... did um, a couple other people involved with the that Deborah 70s show. Was yeah, that... no. Who was it? Deborah Jo Rupp. She played Kitty. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that. I forgot about her. And that one like astonished me because I'm like, what are you doing? I don't think anybody really latched on to her from the best of my knowledge. Everybody's just kind of looked at Ashton and Mila. Also, they're latching onto them because Mila and Ashton Kutcher have that quote-unquote heavy, and I mean fucking heavy air quotes on anti-sex trafficking organization Thorn. Yeah. Um, So they're like supposed to be the poster children for advocating against sexual violence and for women's rights and shit. And Mila Kunis also starred in a movie that was on Netflix, uh, Luckiest Girl Alive, I think it was, or something like that, where she plays a victim of, yeah, she was a victim of rape. So it's like people are scrutinizing them extra heavy because they're supposedly, you know, all about protecting girls and protecting women from predators and all this bullshit. And here they are fucking caping for one. Right. I think that just yesterday that Ashton had stepped down as his position or lead for that Thorn organization due to the blowback they've gotten from their support of Danny. Yeah. yeah. Thorns, they don't do anything <laughs> of value anyways. Right. So it's good either way, but it's still shitty that, you know, they're supposedly preaching this message and then they fucking go and do that shit. And then they're just like, it was an error in judgment. It's like, really? That's all you're going to chalk it up to be? It's like right. error in judgment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And on top of that, I mean, not to say that that's lesser than, but Thorn is even an anti-sex worker organization. Like, that's their whole go-to is, oh, if we stop sex work, then there will never be any more child trafficking. And it's like, doesn't work that way. And that makes me very angry as a former sex worker as well. So, So, but yeah, you guys touched on everything else that I had. So cool. The only other thing I was going to read was their stupid statement because it's absolutely gross. And it's only little bits and pieces of it, not even like the whole thing. But, you know, fuck it. You I guys, haven't heard any of it. 
okay. So I didn't bother because I was all I had to hear was in support of and character witness. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to bother reading or hearing anything you have to fucking say. You all suck. I think but my, I want to hear it just for shits and gigs now. Okay. I think my favorite part of it that I didn't put into my little notes was at one point they said, our letters were never meant to be read outside of court. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote them in our diary, you guys. These are live journal entries. Oh Period. <laughs> like, like that stuck with me. I didn't even write like that. I'm just like, why would you? That is gross. We didn't mean you weren't supposed to, to catch it. us being terrible people. <laughs> Shit. So at any rate, it goes on. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling, Kunis said. The letters were not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that, and we're sorry if that has taken place. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. Cooney's concluded their message by saying, Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. There you go. Except for Danny Masterson's victims. Correct. <laughs> In asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cool, guys. Oh, God. It was worse than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was going to be uh, bad. It was even worse than I thought. Right. You got that confirmation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Dan- well, God. Danny Masterson can do the one good thing that someone in his position can do, which is what that guy from Glee, when he got convicted or was going to be convicted, okay. decided to stop living. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> kill your local rapist? Can I say that? Yeah. Is that yeah. okay to say? If you happen to be your local rapist, same statement. (laughs) Oh, man, there's going to be controversy with this one. I said the magic words. Yeah, you did. Jesus Christ. That's why I said unalive. (laughs) You're supposed to say sewer slide. Yeah, sewer slide and unalive. And we can't say the R word. We have to say grape. Oh, yes. Yes. Man, we're getting into Instagram and and TikTok now. Yeah. Well, I have to, because as a brown person, I've learned that. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. I'm especially not allowed to say those things. Two more things. I just realized I have the two more things. We've got the Proud Boys and then Mr. Andy No. So the Proud Boys, they got their L's in the last month, taking big Andy losses. Kirby. Enrique Tario, we know him. He's the quote unquote leader of the Proud Boys. Also, the snitch and the big one for the Proud Boys. So congratulations, Enrique. He got 22 years in prison and 36 months of supervised release. According to court documents and evidence presented during the trial, prior to the events of January 6, 2021, Tario created a special chapter of the Proud Boys known as (laughs) the Ministry of (laughs) Self-Defense. Fucking nerds. Oh, they're so cringy. And this Ministry of Self-Defense included co-defendants Nordine, Biggs, and Rail. Part of this group, those defendants conspired to prevent, hinder, and delay the certification of the Electoral College vote and to oppose by force the authority of the government of the United States, blah de blah In the days leading to January 6th, Tario and other leaders of the Ministry of Self-Defense <laughs> and selected... <laughs> 
and selected members of the organization, including co-defendant Dominic Pozzola, to serve as <laughs> rally boys during the attack. Rally boys? <laughs> oh, God. They come up with the stupidest fucking names for themselves and everything, and then the, the left can't meme. Come on. Well, we the can, most... thanks to you. And you're... Yeah, so... Jesus Christ. The most dangerous people always come up with the silliest names. I mean, the fucking Grand Dragon. <laughs> That's true. That's look, fair. Look, I'm a wizard. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the Grand Cyclops. <laughs> they are dangerous and murderers and terrible people, but goddamn, are they just fucking... True. True. Good so, good point. So daft. <laughs> Rally boys during the attack on the Capitol. To prepare for the attack, Tario and the other leaders established a chain of command, chose a time and place for their attack, and intentionally recruited others who would follow their top-down leadership and who were prepared to engage in physical violence if necessary. Previously sentenced in this matter were co-defendants Ethan Nordine, Joseph Biggs, Zachary Rell, and Dominic Pizzola. Nordine was sentenced to 18 years, Big was sentenced to 17 years, Rail was sentenced to 15 years, and Pizzola only got 10 years. So 22, 18, 17, 15, and 10. Way to go, Proud Boys. Well, Enrique busted, uh, I think Joe Biggs, it uh, depends on what the rest of the table has, but he can probably hit on a 17. Yeah. About Joe Biggs. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great person. Good dude. Solid guy. Backed hard. <laughs> so he is convicted, sent to prison immediately, called in and talked on the Alex Jones show. <laughs> because he was an InfoWars employee, Joe Biggs. I didn't know that. Yes. Previous employee <laughs> of one Alex. Alexander Jones. Oh my gosh. That's absurd. I listened to the interview and it's it's terrible. I mean... I can't imagine that it was of quality, for sure. Like, you know, it's the standard. Like We were railroaded. It's a kangaroo court. They had no proof that we were planning this. Like, uh, Joe, your group chat was literally called the planning committee. <laughs> Come on. God damn it. They, like, printed all of the text messages and stuff, right? And presented them as evidence. Oh, yeah. And then these guys are like, they don't have any proof that we were planning it. <laughs> the pudding's right there, dude. It's, like, really? It's, you know, the, the whole purpose of going on InfoWars and talking about any of this there is to incite that fan base mm -hmm. into violence. And they're never going to look anything up. So Right. Right. Well, I hope that somebody listens and hears us laugh at them. I, I think that's important. So let's talk about Andy. No, and then I forgot I have one last thing, and it's also a quick one, but it's we kind of predicted the future. It, it's very weird. Yeah. So Andy No lost his lawsuit to uh, Rose City Antifa, quote unquote, because um, none of them were in Rose City Antifa. So cool. He will not be getting $300,000 from anybody. And yeah, he got fucked. And that's good. That's um, excellent. Did he speak in court? Yes. Yes, he did. Was he using his fake English accent? I was going to ask that, too. <laughs> Honestly, from what I heard a little bit, it's not like when he does interviews on TV. But yeah, no, I mean, he that's his usual 
thing. Yeah. Pretending not to be who he is and make money. So that's cool. But he got fucked and that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, he's a danger to our community. Yes, he is. And, you know, he is a danger to our community. And he does also make kill lists for Adam Waffen. Yes. And now the thing that uh, we might have predicted. There is that guy in Pennsylvania who escaped the state prison, right? Mm-hmm. And he was out going around for like three weeks or whatever. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Before he was caught last week with the really silly aerial photo. Never mind. It was a really silly photo that the U.S. Marshals, they finally got involved. But before all that happened, Dog the Bounty Hunter actually put out that he was going to go look for him. Oh, no. The mullet himself. Yep. We brought him up last month, and he decided to roll out, I guess. Did we summon him? That's oh what my it gosh. seems like. <laughs> we said his name three times, and then he just, like, appeared? Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen him in person once. Oh, God. I drove past him on the street, but... He, too? One, he reminds me of, like, what Hulk Hogan should have been in the 80s. And two reminds me of like you guys with Russell Brand of somebody who's just very sticky. Yes. <laughs> very oily. Like that's Doug. He's more oily than sticky. So true. But it's, it's like it's, you go up to him and, he, and you're like, what is that? Baby oil? He's like, no, canola. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's not sticky. He's like slick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe high gloss. Like, <laughs> yeah. Co- covered in some lubricant. So it is maybe a little sticky but still slippery, more slippery. You know what I'm saying? Like a grease or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what the convict should have been wearing. He could be like, oh, you didn't get me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh, another. Oh, oh, that guy. There was something mentioned at a press conference with the sheriff there after they caught the guy. Because uh, I, that dude is a little small in stature. Okay. He's not a tall man. Some reporter in this in this press conference asked the sheriff, you know, at, at any point, was there a concern that he might link up with another short man and stack themselves inside a trench coat to escape? Uh, the wh- sheriff did not get the joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. My- <laughs> that guy needs a Pulitzer. Something. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> a, a daytime Emmy. Something. Some kind of award. <laughs> daytime Emmy. <laughs> oh, hell's bells. So, yeah. So, that's all the stuff. Oh, the last thing. The very last thing. Fuck, guys. I am terrible at this, and I'm really trying to keep it in order. So, I apologize. We have been challenged as a podcast to grow tomatoes in honor of the East Side Tomato King. We have been challenged by what I'm going to assume is our one listener. (laughs) (laughs) I happen to know we have at least four. Good. Actually. Good. I like that. But Leonard, the guy who's hooking us up with money each month on our Patreon and like he like supports us so thank you again but he has challenged us to a tomato growing contest it won't start this month but we can like get prepared for it but i let him know that what we can do is we can see who wants to grow tomatoes amongst us and so that way it's not just the entire podcast versus leonard Mm -hmm. so if he knows that two of us are going to be doing it He'll get to grab one other person, local, a mutual, whatever, and they get to, as a team, 
grow tomatoes. Okay, is this for speed or is this for like heftiness of fruit or I like what are the parameters? Flavor what, quality. What are our yeah. metrics here? Exactly. My understanding <laughs> of the metrics as we set out, it's going to be like poundage and or amount of tomatoes. So okay, yield. so harvest yield, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and then after that, depending on where we are, uh, we give them to homeless shelters or, you know, what am I thinking about the other day? Like St. Vincent de Paul, Dan, like that back home. Okay. I was going to say just throw them in a basket and hand them out because there's a pretty pretty decent uh, unhoused community just in our neighborhood. Yeah. And yeah. That, that can be done too. It's not necessarily for money or anything like that. It's just, yeah, no, we've grown all these shit and tomatoes and please have some. But then we get to decide who wins. And I don't know what the prize is. We haven't figured that part out yet. The prize is tomatoes. Yes. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. The prize so. is the friends we make along the way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the heart... simple joys of uh, growing something on your own. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will not be growing them on my own, though. I will be enlisting my grandmother's help because goddamn can she grow tomatoes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, all my all my green thumb grandparents are dead. Oh, <laughs> I'm lucky. I never had green thumb grandparents. So, ha. Huh. Wow, we are just all across the board here. <laughs> so, yeah, Dad, that's my only green thumb grandparent. The other five are dead. I know one of them made a hell of a tomato sauce, but I don't think she grew them. Well, are we down? Who's who's in it? Who's going? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. I'll try. All right. And and I too will try. I will say I have a slight advantage because I have been doing vermiculture. I think that's what it's called, where you uh, just feed worms and they produce shit for you. And I've been doing that for a little while. Also, are we growing from seed? Yes. Okay. So, and that's the other reason why we're not starting it this month, because we're pretty much at the end of the tomato season. So this is going to be like February, March thing, I'm thinking. Do we even have seasons? I don't know. I'm I'm used to just seeing everything all the time year round and then not really having seasons where I live anymore. So well, Arizona only has two seasons, hot as fuck, and then slightly less hot as fuck. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's the same where I'm at up here in the uh, in the high desert. We'll give it a try. Okay, that's I make no promises. <laughs> yeah. uh, are we growing these standard out of a pot regular ways, or like those upside down things that they used to sell on infomercials? That was never discussed, so I'm assuming, especially because I saw a certain thread underneath the post from Leonard, who is getting support from somebody with other ideas on how to grow these things and so i think any way that we can do it as long as it produces plants or fruits right yes yes all right yeah we're in yeah okay all right okay leonard there is we'll call it three or should we call it four with cat uh ours will probably be a joint venture yeah okay so you've got three people three and a half. yeah Short. <laughs> three and a half. I'm a halfling, so it's fine. So yeah, you got to find half a person as well. 
Sorry, Leonard. That's just the way the game's played, man. (laughs) So yeah, Leonard, go find yourself two and a half more people. And it's on. We'll start this at the end of February next year. I think that's when we should start it. Strike while the iron's still cold. So (laughs) Yeah, February in Phoenix should be only around the uh, mid to upper 90s. I hate that. It used to not be, but yeah. Yeah, All right. So there's the uh, updates, follow-ups, and new business. Attention. If you or a loved one was diagnosed with a bullshit job, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Bullshit jobs aren't rare at all, and they're linked to capitalistic exposure. Exposure to bullshit jobs in the Navy, shipyards, call centers, shopping malls, stores, fast food, and the construction industries may put you at risk. Please don't wait. Call 1-800-99-FUCK-CAPITALISM today for a free legal consultation and financial information packet. If you had a bullshit job, call now. 1-800-99-FUCK-CAPITALISM. Ted. Yes. Let's fucking do it. All right. Well, I have to say, I think my subjects, a couple of them are a little more lighthearted. But one of the cool things about this time of year, right, is that NFL season has started. And I know not everyone is into the NFL for various reasons, legitimate criticisms. I like to watch football. But because it was really cool to see Aaron Rodgers play for like four seconds, injure his Achilles, and then be out for the rest of the season. Like, who doesn't like that, right? I feel bad that I didn't get to see it, but I got to see all the aftermath of it. And I'm just like, ah, that's what you get for being a dick. You know? He's all, yeah, he's like, all right, here I am to play. All right, bye, guys. Like, <laughs> So much for saving the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> also, another favorite of mine is to see how bad Russell Wilson is doing since leaving the Seahawks. He's my favorite lemon of the league. Mm. Uh, but most importantly, I was hoping that for the team, the Tennessee Titans, people are making implosion chants because how can you not, right? Exactly. And like my example was, you know, like implode the dolphins, right? It's like, yeah. come on. It's right there. It's right there. There's so much potential. People will be like, oh, it's too soon, too soon. I personally think we should have been doing it before we even knew the billionaires were dead. Like it, it's not soon enough, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I really, I want to see that. I really want to see that. They should at least capitalize off of it. I mean, that's like the American, that's the American way. So come on. You know, (laughs) if the season goes poorly, I mean, it is the Titans after all. (laughs) Yes. Um, At least by week five, if they're just utter trash, Mm -hmm. then yeah, no, they need, those chants need to be pulled out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because it's like the famous thing that every commentator says oh this team is imploding right well there it is (laughs) oh gosh so i'm hopeful for that yes (laughs) (laughs) and another thing that was kind of interesting this week was going back to danny masterson and all of that his abuses come to light and then his loser friends wrote their character letters and all that stuff. And mm. people were talking about Toe for Grace, right, from that 70s show. Okay. Played Eric. And, you know, I don't know if it was still while the show was in production or afterward, but he didn't really hang out with his castmates much. And folks kind of called him like stuck up or aloof. 
for him, you know, like distancing himself and goes to show, you know, he hasn't come out in support of Danny Masterson. So uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe his aloofness was not, you know, so bad. But this person, when I was like, kind of just skimming uh, on Twitter, of course, (laughs) the subject, this just random person had said that they couldn't believe how many people didn't know that Topher it's like a nickname for Christopher. And I was uh-huh. like, well, I didn't, I didn't know that. I just thought he had hippies for parents. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it makes sense. He's around yeah. the right age, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I probably could have Googled him, but it's just another white actor dude. So when you know one of them, you know them all pretty much. Yeah. But, and it is a cool, like original nickname. And I'm really stoked that he actually at least had the option to go by that because in less interesting news, apparently people have been talking about Elon Musk's biography. Oh, yeah. And therein, it was discussed that he and Grimes had had a third kid together. And yeah, yeah right. Like, if there's one thing the world needs, it's more of their combined DNA walking around. God. And, and I'm not going to go after kids. I'm kidding about that. I'm not going to rip on the kids because they, they don't have any, any say. I will absolutely rip on the adults. I, mean, I understand <laughs> that it's not their fault, but the names, though. Yes. I mean, right. I, I still can't believe I read it. Right. And so, like, you know, so they were saying in the book that their third kid's name is, like, Tau Techno, I don't know if it's Machinicus or Machinicus, Mechanicus, I'm not sure. (laughs) But it's just, it's so freaking rich, because remember that Elon has a trans daughter who changed her name to reflect who she actually is, as well as to distance herself from her dad. And Elon was super uppity about that. And it's like, well, what do you think Tao Techno is going to do when he turns 18? He's going to change his damn name. And who would blame him? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like so funny because for someone who's so concerned about white birth rates, (laughs) Elon is pretty much guaranteeing that none of his kids grow up and actually get laid as adults by naming them this way. Or even feel normal. Right. That and just having him for a dad. It's like masterful gambit, sir. Good job. It's like, it's so ridiculous. Because it's like, you know, just even as kids, like when I was a kid, and I have a very common name. And just, you know, you go into like a souvenir shop at like Knott's Berry Farm or something like that. And you want like a Snoopy with your name on it or something. And it's like, you know, kids that just have different spellings of Catherine or Brian, you know, can't find their name. What hope does Tao Techno have? You know, it's so ridiculous. It's just like naming your kids as like just for you, just to be edgy, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all it is. It's to be edgy and to seem like you're smart, Mm -hmm. especially, especially the one kid who's just uh, all symbols and letters and like him and Techno. Mm -hmm. I feel just wretched for i'm just yeah i'm like you guys if you make it out of high school alive yeah because kids are cruel dude man it's so messed up like (laughs) just okay we're gonna talk johnny cash real quick it's one thing to name your child sue Mm -hmm. because yeah it'll put a little edge on them you know Mm -hmm. it'll it'll make them a little rougher a little tougher around the edges but these names will not do that. No. Like ever. Like ever. <laughs> no, It's just, it's so embarrassing. And it's like, you know, Elon just wants to be the cringe lord shit poster 
brilliant guy, but he's such a fucking loser. And it's like, this is just going to prove that. It's like, really, you're going to do this to your kids? If you believed in Elon Musk before this, for whatever reason, you have to seriously look at yourself now and look at Elon and realize he is not smart. He takes nothing seriously either. It's yeah. Like... like he doesn't have the intelligence to. Right. You know, because everything to him is some kind of game, be it mm -hmm. 8D chess or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> no, you, you should not be taking this man, Tate, any of those motherfuckers, don't take them seriously. Mm -mm. They want your money. That's all they want. And it's just so gross because he has such potential to do so much good. Like he could have fixed Flint's water. Didn't he say he was going to at one point? Yeah. Whatever happened to that, you know? Yeah. He could be helping to fund rescue efforts right now in Libya. He could have helped, you know, with Turkey and Syria when they had their earthquake in February. He could be doing so much here. You yeah. know? Yeah. Instead, he just wants to play. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. And from my understanding, that's the way he's always been. Even as a kid, even when he came first to Canada and then to the States to do college, mm -hmm. everybody he was around said that. Like, he just didn't take anything seriously. He doesn't have to. He does not have to worry about not being able to pay a bill. He doesn't have to worry about any kind of consequence. Yeah. I don't know if he actually can take anything seriously. Like, does he know how? You know, like if he got, God forbid, if he got like terrible medical news, would he take that seriously? Or would he just make a meme from 2016 about it? You know, it's like. He would do that first and then he would start going to all the uh, smart people that mm -hmm. he's friends with. So fucking, oh, what's his name? The guy who thinks he's a wrestler. And really sucks. And he hosted that terrible show that scared the shit out of people. He does a I... podcast too. And he's not very smart. And he always brings on controversial people. And I feel bad for not being able to put this name out. I could oh. see his face. He was on talk radio, the TV show. I have um, no idea who you're oh, talking about. It's me. Don't worry. Uh, UFC. Commentator. Where's your ugly? There he is. Is it not Joe Rogan? It, that is him. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. So yeah, no, he'll go to Joe Rogan and all these other weirdos and be like, hey, do you guys have any supplements I can take? Yeah. And then he'll get the best medical care in the world because he's rich enough to get it and still not. And he'll be around. So yeah, really, and, uh, the joke's on us in some gross way. Yeah. And he won't tell anybody that he got the medical treatment and he'll just be like, oh, these supplements that these guys recommended to me, they were perfect. They cured me. Not right. the doctor from Cedar sinai Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jeez. So. I feel bad. <laughs> Not for him, for the kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot to endure. They're never going to have any privacy in their life. And on top of that, they have to deal with these names that they're given. And two stupid, stupid parents, because Grimes is an idiot. So oh, it's like, God. it's like this whole, I feel really bad for them, too. <laughs> yeah. Grimes is a musical artist there. That's all you need to know about her. Yeah. For them. Yes. Not to be rude. So, like, there you go. Don't trust Aaron Rodgers. Don't trust 
names. Like, yeah. like these people don't know what they're talking about. Right. They, they got to where they are absolutely with talent. Don't get me wrong. Well, except for <laughs> fucking Elon Musk. But that doesn't make them smart. It just right. means that they knew how to brand themselves. Yeah. 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 And it's just further proof that, you know, you don't have to be smart to be rich. Yes. <laughs> like we talked about last month. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. And another thing that kind of kind of ties into that because it does have to do with capitalist excess. I was reading a article about a cruise ship that ran aground in Greenland. Ooh. And I was talking about it and just how like, you know, knowing today, right? Knowing a cruise ship's ecological and environmental impact you know, how much waste they create, both with wastewater, solid waste and emissions, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, why do we even have cruise ships in this current literal climate, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just at this point, a shining example of capitalist excess. They're harmful, dangerous, irresponsible. And, you know, like I made the point, I can go get food poisoning and diarrhea at home <laughs> for much lower cost, right? Yes. So, <laughs> well, someone said, and I don't know who this person is, but they said, they're like, well, some people actually enjoy cruising as a reply, like to justify it. And I'm like, well, not only do I not care, that's like a point that really doesn't carry any weight oh. because you can't really, I mean, people enjoy a lot of activities that harm nature and that doesn't justify them. People enjoy a lot of activities that directly harm other people that doesn't you know, justify them you know, people enjoy the products of like heinous animal cruelty. And, you know, some people even enjoyed slavery. So you can't use someone enjoying something to justify anything else. Mm -hmm. I absolutely do believe that in the current hellscape that we're living in, you should definitely have things that you enjoy that you can do, you know, carve out some joy during the day, you know, to help you get through the experience of life. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we don't need to go and get like floating cities that spread disease and just hurt the planet more at this point. I think it's just irresponsible. Yeah. You know, my feelings on this, other than yeah, you're absolutely correct, this is something, cruises are something that I think should have been dead in the 1940s, maybe the 1950s. I mean, it's about 1912 with, t- right? with the Titanic, right? <laughs> Hello. Right. <laughs> you, you would think, oh man, the biggest ship in the world just sunk. I'm going to go get on it. Another one. And Let's get another one. Yeah. yeah. No. Like ships sink. I know planes fall from the sky. Da la la. I was looking up stuff the other day and for whatever reason, I went down the whole of military universities, you know, the big ones, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that there is still a merchant marine university. Still? Still. I thought, interesting, because yeah. I thought that was like an old thing. It is. You can still be a merchant marine. Well, be damned. Yeah. And I was kind of upset with myself because, well, fuck, I could have gone to this when I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> And it wouldn't matter. It's not the big five. You know, it's not the Air Force. It's not the Coast Guard. You know, it's the fucking Merchant Marine. Yeah, I'm a Merchant Marine. They're going to be like, what? Wow. And it's pretty much a free education. That was the other thing. That's why I was like, God damn it. So it's still a thing. But like, these are things, you know, yeah, no, they, they just should not. They just should not. They should not be around. They should not be a thing. Other than capitalism, 
Mm-hmm. They don't do anything. They don't spread joy. It's not Disneyland. It's not right. Knott's Berry Farm or Six Flags over Texas. You know? <laughs> right. It's so unnecessary. No one has to go on a Disney cruise. No one has to go on a princess cruise or whatever. Yeah. It's purely just because, like, you can. Yeah. It's just... It's beyond me personally. And then I was just annoyed that that person was like, well, some people actually enjoy it. I'm like, well, I don't give a shit because people enjoy things that directly harm other people all the time. Yeah. So that's not a good reason to do anything. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the whole thing behind, you know, well, not all the time, but sometimes driving drunk. Mm-hmm. If I can get away with it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. But, you know, you're kind of endangering life. Yeah, you're really an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, God. great reasoning, dude. Yeah. Good job. Ugh. Big brain. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, one other thing that I wanted to touch on, which is timely, but it's also something that has been annoying me for a while because I've noticed, like, a repeated pattern, both with certain people and certain types of people. So, basically, for anyone listening and doesn't know, I came to anarchism through animal rights. And I've been involved in animal rights at, you know, varying degrees for almost, I don't know, two, like maybe around two decades at this point. It's been a while. Hmm. The animal rights movement, since it has been an actual thing, has been like a prime target for government and industrial infiltration through its entire existence. And because of this, because that's how I came to know leftism and then anarchism, I feel like I take my OPSEC a little more seriously than a lot of people do, you know, which is fine. Everyone can do what they want. Everyone can put as much of yourself or as little of yourself out there as you want. As long as you understand, it could come back to you at some point. And it just matters, like, you know, to keep your family and friends safe, me, you being me, (laughs) to keep my family and friends safe. People have accused me of being suspicious. I don't think that's accurate. (laughs) I'm just a little more, I think, infiltration minded. And I've noticed different ways that infiltrators try to gain favor mm-hmm. of members of various movements to get access to like our spaces. Yes. And when it comes to leftist movements, aside from like the obvious honeypots like CPUSA and PSL, <clears throat> yes. it mm-hmm. seems like there's this whole oversharing thing that goes on, right? Yeah. So like as a general manipulation tactic, and you can usually tell if someone is genuinely opening up to you or if they're like kind of acting like a character and like oversharing. And I think a lot of it has to do with so many leftists practice mutual aid. You know, it's an easy way of being like, look, I'm vulnerable, just like you, that kind of thing, or to just to get money or, you know, gather information about people, you know, your pay, (laughs) don't use PayPal, or if you do change your name, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, there's just a lot of that that's gone on. And it's like, I'll put it this way. When I consider someone might be dishonest or might be not who they say they are, I have yet to be wrong. Okay. And I'm pretty intuitively pretty decent track record. And so I'll hold people at arm's length or whatever. And it's like, it's not that I'm being standoffish or whatever it's like I just don't want them to have more access to me than they need and it's kind of like I personally need like two-factor authentication you know what I mean yeah because there have been people they're not on any platforms right now 
there have been people in the past that like employed that same type of oversharing method. And usually if you pay attention to what they say, you can catch inconsistencies because they're lying. So, you know, you have to lie, you know, to keep in line with your other lie and et cetera, et cetera. And I just think when you come across someone who overshares to a large group of people or the public, just kind of step back and go with your instinct. You know, if you think they're safe and fine, if you want to give them money, give them help, get whatever. But just know that it's a well-documented method of people gaining access to our spaces, to our information, and then relaying that back to either police, government, companies, industries. members. Yes. Anything <laughs> like that. So it's just something to be aware of, especially when, you know, on various apps, people are right now are like really trying to build community and, you know, kind of solidify bonds and stuff like that. It's like, Mm -hmm. you generally know who the genuine good people are, but if there's someone that just seems off or like they seem like a character or like, I don't know, just maybe the way they talk isn't always consistent all the time. And I know people speak differently depending on who they're speaking to. And that's normal and fine with everyone. But just like pay attention because I really don't want anyone that I know and and care about to get screwed over by someone for being a good person. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing that always has put me on edge And again, you know, I might not have come directly from the animal rights movement. I know I came through Food Not Bombs, and that Mm -hmm. was my introduction to the animal rights movement, Mm -hmm. as well as Earth First. So, you know, that's where my OPSEC pretty much comes from, Mm -hmm. other than when I'm silly and forget about such things. And Mm -hmm. thank you for, you know, pointing them out to me. (laughs) Um, There are all these chains, especially on Blue Sky, because everybody feels very comfortable on Blue Sky right now. Mm-hmm. where they are doing, you know, take a picture of yourself, do a selfie of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And and there's all these chains. And I'm like, like, I'm making the sign of the cross. Like it's a vampire, you know, right. Go away. You right. Know? And I just want to go into it and be like, you people don't do this. Yeah. It's like, nice try cop. Yeah. Like, stop it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you're saying people feel safe over there. Cause I think they just hit 1 million users and it's still invite only. But it's not going to be like that. Yeah. And right now, like I have invites, I can't give away. It's like market saturation. So it's like everyone that was going to go over to Blue Sky is in Blue Sky right now. And it's just really gross to see people, like you said, just doing these chains where they're just showing their face, showing their name, giving, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. It started on Facebook. We realized that's not a good idea on Facebook. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Everybody moved to Twitter. Mm-hmm. It happened off and on on Twitter, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like ever a big thing. And now, it, like you said, everybody's over on Blue Sky and it's mm-hmm. whoever wants to be on Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. A- and it's just like every other day I'm seeing it. Yeah. And it's just like, and especially, I don't know if you are current on Blue Sky drama. Oh, God, but, no. Because it's been a shit show lately over there where it's the same story. A man uses the platform to woo some women or be a creep or whatever and then they you know they do the a blanket apology then they like log off for three days they come back and they're welcomed back by their you know their fans basically it's the same like a celebrity worship that happens on twitter where people are absolved of all of their sins 
Yeah. But it's these big popular accounts and they're the ones that are perpetuating all these threads and everything like that. It's just so aggravating. It's like you're putting your whole face out there. Yeah. (laughs) You are giving the feds, local police, Mm -hmm. all that they need Mm -hmm. so that when you go out for that protest or in my friend's case up in Eugene, you go out for that rent strike, they know who to look for now. Yeah. They can find you. Yeah. Unless you go in block or some way to cover your face or some way to, you know, all that different types of clothing that you can use to fuck around with video surveillance. Mm-hmm. They're going to find you. They're going to know exactly who you are, what you look like. And then they'll be like, okay, you're one of the organizers. Yeah. And it just goes back to, like I said, it's like, you know, put whatever you want of yourself out there, but understand especially if you are going to get into any kind of organizing or protesting or anything like that, they will find what they can and what they need based on just what you're putting out there. Case in point, the Proud Boys. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, it's just like, it's really ridiculous. And people need to just think about, I don't want to say think about what they say, but yes, but also what you're putting out there as far as identifying things like tattoos, if you have mm-hmm. a, a unique eye color, anything like that, you know? Yeah. You have to do a risk assessment. Mm-hmm. Doing this, what will happen? And you have to keep that risk assessment or updated constantly. Mm-hmm. Because even though you think it's one step ahead, it's not that far for the state to be like, Oh, see, this is what they're doing now. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Just look at everything that's going on around with you. And if you're part of actually organizing something, then don't. Yeah. But if you know you're not going to be going out and you're just going to be cheering everybody on from home or partaking in some other way, you know, I'm not trying to admonish right. or, or down talk. Right. Right. But. You know, think of the people around you. Think of your family. Think of who you want to know who you are Mm -hmm. and do the things that you need to to protect you. And at the same time, like you said, you know, pay attention and listen to your gut. Look at what's being put out there Mm -hmm. because you might just have a tree pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And usually also, if you find yourself like doubtful of someone or they're you think that maybe they have an ulterior motive or whatever, and other people are working to convince you otherwise, like it's their job to convince you, then that's even more reason to be like, wait, why do you, do you know them personally? You don't? Okay, then why are you like, why are you on their PR team? Yeah, why are you here? Yeah. One of those things, like back when I was doing some organizing, When we initially started, we threw around ideas of like, well, how do we want to vet people? Mm -hmm. What can we do to vet people? Mm -hmm. Do we just want, and when I say access, I'm not talking like, hey, give us your password or anything like that. Right. Do we we just want to like verify things that are on their Facebook page and access, you know, their background through that? Mm -hmm. Do we want them to give us their real name and a specific area that they live in mm-hmm. and kind of verify that way that they're telling the truth mm-hmm. and can be trusted. You know, how do we go about doing this? So that way everybody who's doing this is safe. Mm-hmm. 
And like, that's what you have to do. If, if this is your thing, if you are any kind of an organizer or anybody who's going to take any kind of action, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And it does come back down to like, sometimes if you trust the wrong people, they will get you either in jail or prison or worse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, by all means, use your best judgment, go with your gut. If you think there's a possibility that someone is just not on the level, look them up and just go with your gut. Because we have incredible natural instinct for picking out bullshitters. So just listen to yourself. Yeah. And I think with the one thing that should be said, like a positive And again, this is me not just going off an assumption. So cool. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's working, though, because especially when the feds and local police departments are saying, hey, you know what? We have no idea who these these people are. We have no Mm -hmm. idea how to really make sense of them. No clue how to actually infiltrate them because they aren't organized in some way where we can you know step in and play the part of a leader or whatever right cool we're doing good opsec yeah but just don't for a second let your guard down and think well they're not looking anymore right and another thing is and this is actually timely because i actually had someone tell me that certain groups should work together but if you are of one let me just lay it out If you're an anarchist and you take your personal identity and your personal safety seriously and you don't share your shit anywhere, do not go to a demo or a protest and hang out with people who do the opposite. Like when you have someone that is always taking pictures of themselves at actions, never blurring out anyone's faces, always being like, oh, I'm here doing this with all these people. If that's who you're hanging out with it's just a matter of time before it's like your problem too yeah it's always so hard to go to like liberal protests Mm -hmm. because everybody is always recording or taking selfies because look what i'm doing look how cool i am yeah and and like this is me trying to blend in and be like get fucking thing out of my face yeah (laughs) yeah it's like they want that clout capital yeah And you got even like larger supposed leftist accounts that really don't care if, you know, share pictures of other people or information about other people or even anti-Semitic count quotes. They just want the numbers. Yeah. So just be careful. Like I can understand the excitement and the allure. I want to be part of this group. I want to go to this thing. It's, you know, for the betterment of workers' rights or whatever. Like I understand that. But at the end of the day, you got to watch out for yourself and just make available what you want basically to be (laughs) out there for like, you know, law enforcement to question you on is basically what it comes down to. Uh, Maybe I'm just overly cautious, but I feel like I've seen a lapse in caution. Yeah. Especially, you know, with TikTok and all these other apps popping up where it's like instant recognition, instant clout, instant gratification for doing something. Yeah. And it's like, It's the same thing as like, you know, you know, like a live news broadcast, like you don't know what's going to happen. And it's kind of like you just kind of have to go with it because it's on. Yep. And it's better to be overcautious than not cautious enough. 
Agreed. You know? And don't be paranoid about it either, though. You right, know? Don't, right. Don't fall into the, oh, everybody's a Fed bullshit, you know? Right, right. <laughs> just, just look what they're posting. Look who they, you know, see if you can get a feel for them. And like you said, trust your gut. See if on Fur Free Friday marches in Hollywood on uh, the day after Thanksgiving, see if they're wearing police-issued boots. Because that's a giveaway, too. Fucking idiot. Oh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> Just pay attention. Especially yeah. these days. And especially younger kids. Because, you know, the 20-year-olds and stuff like that, it's like you've got a lot of life ahead of you. And you really don't want to create, like, a paper trail, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Yeah. I know everybody brags about, oh, I bet my Fed file is so big, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, hey, FBI man inside my computer. How are you doing today? I right. get it. You right. know, be cocky. That's what we can do. I get it. That, <laughs> yeah. That's a good defense, but <laughs> be realistic too. Yeah. I've just, I've known too many people personally that have been taken down by bad faith actors and people that tagged them on Facebook at a demo when they were in block or stuff like that. Like I've just known too many good people that have been taken down by others who employ these terrible tactics and also take advantage of someone's plight. And it's just, it's a real bummer to see. And I just hate other people to experience that, you know? Yeah. Attention. If you or a loved one was diagnosed with a bullshit job, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Bullshit jobs aren't rare at all and they're linked to capitalistic exposure. Exposure to bullshit jobs in the Navy, shipyards, call centers, shopping malls, stores, fast food, and the construction industries may put you at risk. Please don't wait. Call 1-800-99-FUCK-CAPITALISM today for a free legal consultation and financial information packet. If you had a bullshit job, call now. 1-800-99-FUCK-CAPITALISM. One other thing that I want to add is that we're not coming from a position of authority in any way, shape, or form. We've made mistakes in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I did when Mm -hmm. I was still coming into this. And I still do on occasion. But, like, this isn't to shame anybody or to make you feel like you're fucking up. Because that's not it. It's to be like, hey, just think. Right. Just take a step back, take your time, and think about it. Exactly. It's coming from experience, and also it's born of love. If we didn't care about, like, the safety of our comrades or other people, if we didn't care, it wouldn't even be brought up. Yep. 1,000%. Yeah. I have come across often as being bossy and telling people what to do and stuff like that. And that's definitely not my intention ever. Like you said, we're not telling people to do things. It's just injecting a different point of view or asking, hey, do you really need to post that selfie? Should I really tell people I'm doing this while I'm doing it? You know, that also just comes down to like internet safety because how many times have we seen stories about people tagging themselves at a location and then someone shows up there and harms them or something like that. You know, it goes back to that whole, yeah, say you were at this location after you've left it kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so. It's one of those things and not to call anybody out, but like, 
if you ever wanted to learn really good OPSEC and learn tricks and techniques, other than talking to animal rights activists, follow sex workers. Yep. That's their job 24 mm-hmm. 7. Yeah. See what they do. Yes, they're posting photos and shit. That's their job. Mm hmm. But they're also not telling you where they're really from. They're also not telling you where it was really taken at. Yeah. You know, you can guess and be like, oh, that's your room. And they'll be like, ah, yes. You know, but no, pay attention to what they do. Yeah. Because that is their job. Yeah. And they do it to be safe, like safe, safe. Yes. They're not doing it to, not all of them are doing it to stay anonymous or whatever, but a lot of them do it because people are gross a lot of them do it because they have to and to remain safe yep dudes are uh tragically pieces of shit a lot yeah at times yeah <laughs> yeah especially white dudes yeah so So yeah, no, strike so, corner. WGA, SAG after us, still on strike. No TVs or movies being made except by scabs. The two most notable being Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. scab, and Bill Maher, scab. Yep, scum. <laughs> Bill Maher, I saw a headline and I pulled it up just so I could read it. Keith Olbermann, who is uh, oh, some God. kind of CNN talking head who gives a shit. Yeah, He had something to say to Bill Maher. He said, fuck you, Bill Maher, for bringing back the scab edition of Real Time with Bill Maher and called him a selfish and unfunny scumbag. So (laughs) Keith Olbermann now kind of okay in my book. He's an interesting person because sometimes he has really great takes because he used to do ESPN. He used to be a a commentator, uh, one of the presenters on ESPN back in the day. And he started having... I don't know, emotions or whatever about certain things going on in sports. And ESPN was like, eh, we can't use you anymore. And uh, he started doing his own political thing at that point. And he's incredibly liberal, but sometimes he he gets a little fire underneath his ass. So it's good that he got the fire underneath his ass for this one. Broken clocks twice a day, that he's, kind of thing. Yes. Yep. And speaking of the SAG-AFTRA and Drew Barrymore, because I have found a little tidbit from Bradley Whitford on Drew Barrymore, and it's fun. Drew Barrymore and Bill Maher, people who are kind of resuming the show this week. Uh, I, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, you're fucking scabs. There you go. Succinctly put. (laughs) And Kat just found something It's a little upsetting. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis described herself as Switzerland in regards to the strike. Uh, and no. people to see both sides. Wow. Jamie, why? Come on. Right? Uh, yeah. That like physically hurts. Like, ouch. <laughs> Jamie, you can't be neutral on a moving train. In, yeah. in the f- most famous words of Howard Zinn. Good lord. Oh, I'm looking at an article about it, about some of the most, the more famous scabs. Totally unsurprisingly, Kim Kardashian no. physically crossed 
the WGA picket line to get to the set of American Horror Story. Oh my so, God. In typical Kardashian fashion, just literally stepping on people to get to whatever the fuck she sees as beneficial to herself. Yeah, at, definitely her practice. Yeah. At some point, we need to talk about them. I know it's old uh, news. I just want to have a little segment about the absolute shittiness of the Kardashians. Oh, yeah, I can go on and on about that. Cool, that's your job. And when you're done, hats <laughs> <laughs> on it. <laughs> All right. A little more strike news. Oh, yeah. The United Auto Workers are currently on strike. That's right. I saw that. Yep. Striking against the three major automakers, Ford Motor Company, General Motors, and Stellantis, who owns things like Dodge, Chrysler, etc. So no cars being made right now. The last thing that I heard, they're set for 11 weeks. The previous UAW strike was 40 days. Mm, okay. And the numbers I also don't have right in front of me, but proof that it's never about the money. To give the UAW what they're demanding in the form of pay increase and cost of living allowance benefits, etc., is somewhere in the, the low single-digit billions of dollars over the next four years. And the amount in lost revenue, if the strike lasts 40 days, is somewhere in the 20s of billions of dollars. So those big three automakers are willing to lose tens of billions of dollars to avoid paying a livable wage. Sounds about right. Yeah, because I know this is also the same strike as about ending tears inside the union itself where mm-hmm. you know if you're new to the job you get less than people who when they started got more than you basically yep. they're and- trying to get rid of temp workers make more permanent paid positions and have those automakers help prepare them the auto workers for the upcoming transition to electric vehicles yeah That's legitimate concerns and legitimate needs that need to be met. It's not like all these people who are like, oh, they already make 40 bucks an hour. Why do they need more money? Because if they get more money, that raises it for everybody else. If they get huge amounts of money, that means you can go to your boss and be like, hey, man, can I get 35? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, these guys who don't know anything who just build cars are getting 45, or these UPS drivers who don't do shit are getting 45. And it's like, one, that's the power of the union. So fucking get in one or start one. And two, fucking do wildcat strike. Fuck it. If you can get people behind you and do it, then fucking do it. I don't give a fuck. Get paid, dude. Get the bag, whatever it is you want to say. Fuck. Go for it. Make money. Feel comfortable. Quit feeling like you're a fucking shrimp on the Barbie or whatever. You're not taking money from the boss. The boss has plenty of money. Exactly. If you take just the profit from Walmart for a year and divide it equally among all of their employees, everybody makes $200,000 a year. Jesus. That's nice. That's comfortable. And that's every single worker when currently they have incentive to keep their workers on food stamps. Yeah, because the states made it easy for them to do that. They get extra government handouts if they have more poor workers. Yeah. 
the system isn't broken. It's working exactly as it was built. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, I know somebody who just posted that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else you got, Dan? I think that's all I have. All right. I got a few more things. So there was this guy earlier this week, a CEO of some company. Uh, Tim Gurner. I'm that's... literally looking at it right now. Yeah, that's the man. Tim yep. Gurner. So yeah, here's the man, the myth, the legend, the piece of shit. He was one of the originators of the, if you don't eat avocado on toast and buy Starbucks, you'll be able to get a house. He's oh, one of yeah. those guys. Oh yeah. Tim Gurner, the uh, flying piece of shit. I think the problem that we've had is that we've, you know, we, we have, people decided they didn't really want to work so much anymore through COVID and that has had a massive issue on productivity. You know, tradies have definitely pulled back on productivity. You know, they, they have been paid, paid a lot to do not too much in the last few years. And we need to see that change. We need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has to jump 40, 50% in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. I mean, there is a, there's been a systematic change where employees feel the employer is extremely lucky to have them um, as opposed to the other way around. So. It's a dynamic that has to change. We've got to kill that attitude and that has to come through hurting the economy, which is what the whole global, you know, the, the world is trying to do. The governments around the world are trying to increase unemployment to get that to some sort of normality. And we're seeing it. I think every employer now is seeing it. I mean, there is definitely massive layoffs going off. People might not be talking about it, but people are definitely laying people off and we're starting to see less arrogance in the employment market and that has to continue because that will cascade across the cost balance. Wow. Oh, yeah. Guillotine. Guillotine. Mm-hmm. Off of his head. Mm-hmm. It, it's fun, right? <laughs> to, to know that, that he's just like, yeah, no, this is our plan. We've been talking about it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. This is yeah. capitalism. I hope uh, you die. It's hurting productivity, ignoring the fact that productivity is up, what, 63% in the last 40 years? Yeah. No, no, no. That's just the arrogance of the workforce talking. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was my other yeah, favorite I, part. Sorry, we have to kill that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, and don't forget, they don't do much working from home now. Okay. Oh, yeah. And we're the ones who got cocky about it. You know, it's our fault for going to an employer and being like, hey, you're making a shit ton of money. Give it to me. And not, hey, you're making a shit ton of money and hoarding it. Thanks a lot, man. That's great. Fuck him. I hope. I, no, I will not say it because I don't knock on wood because it was a thought. So there we go. Yeah. No, Tim Gern. He's a developer of luxury apartments in Australia. Of course. Uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> he's been described by the Australian as an apartment wunderkind gurner said in may 2017 that millennials should not be buying smashed avocado on toast and four dollar lattes in their pursuit of home ownership you know since he's such a big fan of apartments maybe we should make his head apart from his body yes yeah. yes big hugs around to our bosses everybody go in to your boss and just smash him in the face with a brick how old is he? Because he's talking about millennials and like, I'm an elder millennial. He looks like he might be in my peer group. I didn't see how old he was, but I know he's definitely like in our age range. Yeah, Ted. Yeah. People don't realize that like millennials are 40 now. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and they're still going off on them like they are the fucking plague of locusts or something. Just do something. You'll get a job. Oh. Middle fingers in the air, man. Yeah. So $4 latte once a week. If you saved that money, you would have enough for the average down payment on a house in 96 years. Yeah, so get on it. Yeah, start now. So California's doing fucking California shit. And I mean in the good way, in the looking ahead way, not the, oh, man, we're fucking destroying shit. California passes legislation to let strikers qualify for unemployment benefits. That's awesome. Hell yes. So now it's just waiting for Governor Newsom's signature. So we'll see how he plans that one out mm-hmm. because he is, of course, a business person and has quick ties to all the business people. Right. So even though it's passed the House and Senate, it might not get through the desk. We shall see. One other thing for California, in order to avert a big legal battle, the uh, fast food restaurants of the country have agreed to a new deal where the fast food workers here are going to start at $20 an hour. That's incredible. So this is from September 11th. Cool. Hashtag never forget. (laughs) Yes. Fast food companies agreed over the weekend to pull a California referendum off next year's ballot that sought to reverse a landmark worker protection law foregoing a costly political fight with labor unions over employee pay. The deal between labor and fast food companies will result in an increase in the minimum wage for fast food workers to $20 an hour in April and form a new council of representatives for workers and companies to consider pay bumps in the future according to sources involved in the negotiations. So there you go. So that is good. There are a lot of places that $20 is not enough to live where Mm -hmm. you work, but Mm -hmm. it is something. It's a start at least, yeah. There are places in California where 20 bucks an hour is a fine wage and you can live quite comfortably. Yeah, there are a few. Not that you can find easily, but yeah, no, there are a few. Yeah. Oh, and you will be surrounded by virulent racists. Yeah. But out in the know. middle of Woodlands, California. Yeah. And the mountains. We have those at the beach anyway, so oh, little pockets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huntington uh, Beach. Woohoo. Shout out to Huntington yep. Beach and all their Nazis. Yep. Fucking dickheads. Fascists gonna lose. Your time's coming. Okay. So then my last thing Unite Here Local. 11, which is the hotel and resort workers union, they are still on strike and they're doing like little strikes like here and there in front of Hollywood hotels and shit like that. Like the big places like you can think of. And they haven't won any concessions yet, but they've been doing this since July where like every weekend they pick a new a few actually like three or four hotels to go and pick it in front of and the people inside that hotel go kind of step out do their walking around and everything and then the next day they go back to work and then the following weekend they find other hotels and go and pick at them so it's kind of been fun to watch this go on but a couple weeks back inter miami fc was coming to town and that is, of course, the new home of the goat himself, Messi. Mm-hmm. And so the, the union put out a letter to 
Inter Miami FC and said, hey, you know, these are the hotels we'll be picketing this weekend. The hotel that you and the team are planning to stay at is going to be one that we picket. So could you please pick another hotel? And the team recognized that and picked another hotel. So that's good. That is good. Especially when it involves Messi and fucking David Beckham. Yeah. Yeah. And then they are still waiting to hear back from Taylor Swift to see if she's going to postpone her shows here in L.A. later on in the year. So that way she doesn't stay at any of the hotels that they're striking at. And of course, nothing's been heard back from Taylor Swift yet. So right. uh, I doubt that it will. Yeah, she dated that fuckface dude. And yeah. Uh, which one? You know, the one that, what was his name? God fucking damn. The most recent one that she only dumped because of the pressure of her fan. Well, not really her fan base, but public, you know, pressure from other people, you know, being like, hey, like your boyfriend is like, being shit ass and fucking saying and doing all this you know really fucked up shit like and you're dating this guy the lead singer of the fucking band the 1975 oh uh maddie healy yeah and she only dumped him because she had to for her brand's image you know so i don't expect her to do anything out of the goodness of her heart for anyone yeah that's a good point her brand will not be hurt by crossing a picket line just her fans won't give a shit. They'll defend her the same way they've defended her for flying private jets for 30 minute trips in one direction. You know, yep. I did hear the single best description of her fan base. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift makes music for girls who give really teethy head. <laughs> you can actually. Hey, yeah. <laughs> facts is facts, you know. Oh my god! Yeah, we are just picking on people this month. Yeah, we're we're being mean today. I don't know what it god. is. God, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm always mean. Isn't that I, why you love me? I think the Gatorade isn't uh, in in retro anymore, or something. That's out of the microwave. Someone took it out. Yeah, so I think we're all back to normal again. So yeah, maybe <laughs> this is just normal stay. Could be. All right. Well, that's the strike corner. Congratulations. Solidarity forever. Yes, solidarity forever. Wow.